What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to my podcast, Lights, Camera, Cash, Action, where you can tune in and get that uncut and uncensored truth on how you can become a successful director of your life. So welcome back, guys, to episode two. Thank you guys for tuning back in with your boy for another week. I know it's been a couple of weeks since you guys have heard from me. Make sure that you guys just continue to share, share, share with your friends, your family, whoever's willing to listen. Um, I know it's been a couple of weeks since you heard from me, but I definitely want to take time to make sure that the next time you heard my voice is coming from an uncut place where we could talk about one of the hottest topics that's out there right now. So one of the things that I really want to talk about in this particular podcast is just talking about how are we able to have a successful relationship, whether that be a successful marriage, whether that's be a successful relationship with your significant other. And I think that that comes from just being humble and being able to understand each other, have great communication skills and just you know, talk about what's the real things that's happening with us as individuals. So one of the things that I think a lot of people get confused with is when it comes to talking about having a successful marriage. Many people think a successful marriage means that you have to have a perfect marriage. But I'm here to tell you six years in the game, no marriage is perfect. There will be trials and tribulations no matter what's happening in your life. You're going to always run into obstacles and different um, things that's going to test your marriage to honestly see if you're willing to test the time. And I think that I have learned that over the couple of past years because I just feel as though one thing about it is that we're human. So we're going to make mistakes. We're going to have disagreements. We're not going to always agree. You got to be willing to be able to disagree to agree. And I think with that, it kind of takes me into one of the biggest topics that we've heard so many individuals have so many different opinions on when it comes to this whole entanglement thing that's going on between Two celebrities in our community right now. It's created a lot of buzz. We've got a lot of friction, a lot of opinions, a lot of different people think and feel different in certain ways. But I think coming from me as what we would identify as a, a normal guy in a normal marriage, I'm not, you know, nationally known. I'm not a celebrity. But just thinking about that word entanglement that's been used so loosely lately, I think one of the things that comes from that that honestly, it takes marriage and makes a mockery out of marriage. Because when you think of entanglement, you think of it as a joke. You don't think of it as the most committed thing that a man and a woman can ever do in their lifetime. And so when I think of that, that, that term of entanglement, it really just it's brought up so much discussion between myself and some of my friends, whether they are single, whether they are married. But it's been one of the things that we've been discussing in our own social circles just to try to get a better understanding of what that term entanglement honestly means. And so when I think of that, I think it's almost a term that's being used to justify us in a relationship and going against what we went before God in front of our peers, in front of our families and friends, and made a lifetime commitment to our significant other that we never get caught up in something that's referred to as an entanglement. And so one of the things that I really want to touch base and really speak to my followers and everyone that's tuning in and listening to me this week is that when you think of something like an entanglement, it's almost like you have a man and a woman who's been married, they've been committed to each other, and then there's this outside person who they've allowed to entangle in their marriage. And most of the time, I say 99% of the time, the sad part of that is the other person in that marriage really had no say-so in being even caught up in the entanglement. It's normally one person that committed that act that created this entanglement that's attached to your marriage. And so I know 
a lot of my friends, we've talked about this and I have this thing that I always talk about with my friends personally. And that is, I always think of it this way. I feel like when I met my wife, me personally, when I met my wife, I feel like she was the most curious woman that I have ever encountered in my entire life. Out of all the women I've dated, the relationships that I've been in, she was the one that I felt like brought something that looked completely different to my life. And so when I think about her, I feel like she was the most vulnerable. She was the most trusting when it came to me for the simple fact that she really believed and trusted everything that I ever, ever told her. But that's because in our relationship from when we were boyfriend and girlfriend, we never got caught up in an entanglement. And then when we got married, when we got married, it basically established that foundation that we had already established as boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever you want to call it prior to us becoming to make that final commitment in marriage. And so one of the things that I have always tried to just bow myself on and believe and trust in and going this way is that I feel as though every woman that meets a man and get in, in, a, in a relationship with a man, she's going based on either her past experiences and 90% of the time, I'm going to be honest, it's really her going off her past experiences, which when a woman meets a man that doesn't compare to those past experiences, my experience has been, you're going to have to break down some walls and some barriers for what that guy did prior to you getting that woman, because that's the expectation at this point. So when you meet a woman who's been betrayed, she has the uh, trust issues based on being cheated on or mistreated in a relationship. She automatically comes to you or come to you as a man with those same insecurities that she left that past relationship with. And so my female friends, one of the analogies that I've always used with them that that is kind of funny, but at the same time, it's real, which is that, you know, that's what you're going to get from me on this podcast. And I always tell them, I said, listen, this one thing about a woman, I think of a woman as a brand new luxury car. So let's. My dream car is a Ferrari. That's the car that I've always dreamed of. That's the car I always wanted. In my head, that if I ever get completely successful, that's that's the vehicle that I want to drive. So I, I, I say this all the time. And this is an analogy that I want you guys to really take away from this podcast for me today. When a man goes to a car lot and that dealer is walking him around the car lot and showing him all the cars on the car lot. As a man, I want the best Ferrari that's on your sales floor. I want the top of the line. I don't want it to be used. I want it brand new. I want the plastic. I want it to be perfect. And so I think of that as the perfect woman when I'm talking about this is going to be my wife. I don't want something that's already been used, a test drove already. I want this perfect Ferrari that's already put together. So me as a man, when that dealer sell me, and then if you put it in the perspective of in a relationship, when God grants me the opportunity to be with the woman that he created just for me, he didn't create this for Tom jerry or nobody else he created this woman just for cash lawson when you drive that ferrari out of that car lot you do everything to make sure that car is never damaged you park it away from everybody when you go to Publix. you drive it a little bit slower you make sure you don't hit no speed bumps or curves you don't do anything to damage that ferrari because that's your prize and possession you don't ever want to destroy that ferrari because you invested and you waited your entire life for this vehicle so i think of that as a as my woman, my wife, when I met her, I vowed to myself that I'm going to treat her just like I would treat my Ferrari. And so if I'm driving that Ferrari 
And I want you guys to follow me with this. When you drive, I'm driving this Ferrari home and I'm on the highway and there's a detour and I, I, de I decide to detour off the highway and I wreck that Ferrari. No matter how much money I spent on that Ferrari, no matter that they can get the best um, repair shop, they can send it back to the factory and have that Ferrari completely rebuilt. But they're going to give me my original Ferrari back, even though it was totally damaged. That Ferrari will never dry the way that it did the first day that I bought it before it was ever wrecked. So I think of that, and I really want you guys to hear me when I say that. When you wreck that Ferrari, no matter what they do to it, it'll never be the same it was before you ever wrecked it. It'll never be identified as a brand new car that has never been wrecked. So when a man decides or a woman decides to get in an entanglement, that is the definition of you wrecking your Ferrari. You're going to work for the rest of your life to try to make that Ferrari be perfect again or try to make that relationship with your significant other be perfect again. But if the truth be told, you will never get it that perfect again because you already wrecked it. Now, you can take it back to that dealer over and over again and they can make repair after repair and get it as close to perfect as it can possibly be. But to get it in the form that it was prior to you wrecking that Ferrari, that'll never happen. But we'll learn and we'll live to be able to move forward past that to really drive that Ferrari and it feel as best to us as it used to feel in the past. But it'll never be the same. So when I think of that whole thing about this entanglement, it's to say that I'm not here to judge anybody. All of us are victim of making a mistake. We all have done things in our life that we're going to regret. We've all done things that we're going to take to the graveyard with us and never talk about it. We all have things that we can do much better, whether it be in a relationship with a significant other or whether it be you being a married man or woman. We all have things that we can do better. But I think that when it comes to things such as being in an entanglement, I think that we have to really commit to ourselves and commit to our relationship to never expose ourselves to that. But if we do, that's OK, too, because I'm not saying that it's the end all be all. I think when you're in a marriage, what people who are not married don't understand that nobody ever said marriage was going to be easy. It's the hardest thing I have ever had to do in my entire life because it comes with a whole lot of sacrifice. It comes with a whole lot of thinking of every decision you make not only affects yourself, it affects your entire family, your entire house. So you have to function and you have to think like that because at the end of the day, you know, whatever decision you make is not about you anymore. You're basically making those decisions based on your family, which also takes me into the point of really understanding that what the things that a man and what a woman can handle. When a man gets in an entanglement, I don't know what it is about a woman. I got a mother and I have a father and I have a great mother and a great father. I have a great stepmother and I have a great father. On top of that, I have great aunts. I have great grandmothers. I have great best friends who are female. One thing I could tell you about a woman, of all these powerful women that's around me, is one thing about it. A woman can take things that a man will never be able to handle. I guarantee you that a man who's sitting at a table listening to his wife talk to him about her getting an entanglement, it feels and looks completely different than for a man to be telling his wife that he got caught up in an entanglement. And now a lot of people don't want to admit this thing, but it's real. It's almost acceptable for a man to be in an entanglement. 
it's really, a, it's, in a, it's, and it's not saying that it's a pass or it's okay, but a woman is more willing to forgive her husband for getting in an entanglement. But I guarantee you, for a man to look at his wife and have to forgive her for getting involved with another man, let me tell y'all something. That's the worst thing that can never happen to a man. Because one thing about a man, it's our pride. Our pride is the thing that makes us fail every single day. Because it's not about the fact that your wife stepped out on you, honestly. It's the fact that who know about my wife stepping out on me because it makes me look less than a man. The saying that as a man, I'm not fulfilling my wife to the point that she had to go find somebody on the outside. Let me tell you something about that. Women deal with that kind of insecurities every single day. And we as men, we don't take the time to really think about what that looks like. But I'm telling you as a man, I'm going to tell you personally as a man, I know for a fact I could not handle the fact that my wife, the thought of my wife being involved with somebody else other than me. And that's probably, I'm, I know I'm speaking for at least 90% of the men in the world. We ain't built like that. It's something about that that we feel like we did we these macho men and we got it under control and nobody can't come and shake my house up. I got this thing over here. I got this on lock. So when you think to yourself that another man came in your house and took your wife in a way that you take your wife, men cannot process that. We're not built to process that. And so I think based on that, it's almost like Women have to, it's like an underlying thing of them just learning to cope and move on. And we, a lot of times, I'm going to tell you, I'm just as guilty as this. Guilty as this as any other man in the world. You almost want your wife to just move on. Like, hey, I apologize for that, so you should just forgive me and we move on. Why you keep bringing it up? Well, it goes back to my original analogy, man. You're never going to have your brand new Ferrari again. You wrecked it, homeboy. You tore that mother up. Like you damaged that Ferrari. You done got to repair. You done put in all this work. Your wife may trust you. She probably has forgiven you. She'll never forget what you did, ever. And so the way that she was vulnerable enough to trust you in the beginning, you can't expect her to give you that again because she did that and you violated that. That's not saying 20 years from y'all, y'all won't be in the best position of life. I'm not saying that means that you can't still be a, in a successful marriage and y'all won't live happily ever after. Absolutely not, because I have close friends around me who have been able to overcome things of that such, and it works. But what my, my point is, is that if we can avoid those obstacles, because marriage is already hard. It's hard within itself. When you create additional barriers on top of that, you're just complicating what your storyline going to look like. And it's not saying that you guys won't die together and be married 30, 40, 50, 60 years together, but you'll have a little bit more of a story to tell others than what the individuals who didn't create those same barriers for. And it's not saying one marriage is worth more than the other, but that's the facts. That's the real thing that's going to happen with, with all of us in a relationship. And so I think it also goes to when you think of men and our pride and how we look at situations and how we feel about different situations, it takes me to the point of really being able to listen and hear out that as a married man, you have to be able to just listen to your wife sometimes. I'm going to tell you guys, anybody that know me personally, know I have a very strong personality. I have a very strong opinion. I got a very strong opinion of how I believe that things should look, how they're supposed to feel, how they're supposed to sound, how the way things are supposed to be created. But in that, 
even with me being as strong-headed and, and strong-minded as I am, there's days that I have to take take a step back and listen to my wife because God placed that soft-spoken woman in my life for a reason. She's my voice of reason to bring me back. When I'm headstrong on the decision that I'm making, she's that person that stops me and says, hey, babe, listen, I don't think you should do that. And that's very seldom that she says that. So when she says that, even though in the moment I may respond, I'll be like, what you talking about? We got this. We straight. We going to do this. One thing I'm going to tell y'all, when I lay down and go to sleep and everything is quiet in my house, I still hear if, if she said this to me the day before yesterday or early in the morning, I hear that. And it plays in my head. And my wife will tell you this. I make a decision quick, real fast. But when it's time to actually implement that plan that I've come up with, sometimes I come out there and say, you know what, babe? I thought about what you said last week. I think you got a good point. Like, honestly, I think I'm going to go with what you said. And she always say, okay, babe, no problem. She never say, I told you so. She never say, well, I, 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 that's what I already told you to do. She don't say that. She just say, oh, okay. So if I know it's, it's all in a mind game. It's her making me think that I made the decision when ultimately she really made the decision. But she give me that time as a man. She doesn't take that away from me. She give me that opportunity to go and process that thing and come back on my own and let me make the decision. So she's not battling with me for my role as her husband. But I'm going to tell you this. I think a lot of men get this submissive thing confused with being dominant of your wife. Being submissive and being dominant is two total different extremes. A man cannot expect for his wife to be submissive to him if you're not a real man. And I'm going to say that again because I want y'all to catch that. You cannot expect your wife to be submissive if you're not a man. So when you talk about having a submissive wife and having a wife that's willing to follow her husband, bro, let me tell you this. Your actions have to lead up to her being able to trust you in that way. And a lot of men think that, oh, I make all the money, so I make all the decisions. Bro, you only got like 25% of the plan under control at that point. Money ain't it. Because in this world we're living in now, you have women bringing just as much to the table as what you bring. And I'm one of those men who have a wife who is just as successful as I am. She has a career. She got degrees just like I do. She make money just like I do. She contributes to our house the same way that I do. So me trying to use a platform of, oh, I'm the breadwinner, so it's my way or no way, that would never work in my house. One thing my wife knows, though, is that I'm the go-getter. At the end of the day, whatever we don't have is my responsibility to go get it. And I don't expect her to go get it. I just expect for her to do what she feels is necessary to support our family, whatever that looks like. She can make $20,000 a year or $100,000 a year. It don't matter to me because at the end of the day, it's my responsibility to make sure that we're okay. But in that same sense, I feel as though I have been a man that has been able to show my wife that I'm going to take care of her no matter what happens. If my wife going on a job and she is not comfortable working at that organization any longer, she has the ability to walk away because she has a man at the house. She doesn't have a boy. She got a man. And when I say she has a man, that means I'm taking care of her physically, I'm taking care of her mentally, I'm taking care of her emotionally and spiritually. So when you talk about leading your house, you got to have a whole lot of components and a whole lot of contributions that you're making in your house to give yourself a woman that's willing to listen and follow her man. Some of you guys, we got to confuse. You think because you sexing up real good and you're giving money that you got it figured out. 
Again, that may give you 45% of the puzzle, but you got a whole nother side of the puzzle that you're missing. And so I think a lot of times with men, we want to just give enough and think just that little bit what you're giving is enough. Man, this thing don't work like that. If you, people like to say they marriage, they give giving 50-50 in their marriage. If you only give it 50-50, I ain't going to say just a marriage. If you're giving 50-50 in a relationship, it's going to be dead in a couple of months or a couple of years and you're going to find yourself at a dead-end road because when you're giving a person only 50% of yourself, that means you're saving the other 50% for something else or somebody else. But when you're giving somebody 100% of you, there's no room for error in that. And I tell my wife this all the time. We, we talk and laugh about this all the time because one of the things I always tell I say, you know something, babe? I work at a, a a psych hospital where I have 90, 92 employees under me. I'll say 60% of my staff, maybe I'll even give you 70% of my staff is female. So as a man in a in a position where you in where people see that as a powerful position, I have women coming at me every day, saying slick stuff, looking at me different, wanna get an opportunity to try me, to see if I take the bait. But when I look at my staff or any woman in general, whether it's at work or in my personal life, the thing that click in my head every time I see a woman is the is it really worth me sacrificing my wife and every single thing we have established together for one night? First of all, I know I'm not gonna leave my wife with no no woman on the outside. I'm not doing that. And any man that's married to a real woman, you know you're not leaving your wife. You ain't gonna do that. But in that moment, a woman is the most powerful thing on this earth. My father once told me this. He said, and you guys heard my father on my last podcast. He's a very powerful, black, successful man. One thing my dad told me, he said, son, let me tell you this. Every successful man has failed in life because of a woman. A woman is the most critical thing that God ever created for a man. If you go all the way back to biblical times and you look at Adam and Eve, Adam failed us based on me, who was a woman. So if you don't think that it's something psychologically with men now who are still affected about something that happened way back when, when men and women were first created, you're sad, sadly mistaken. So I take that and I, 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 I function and I live my life based on those teachers that came from my father. The weakest thing in the world is a man. We weak. We are mentally weak. A woman can take over, they can take our mental psyche from us in a matter of seconds. And you will come up out of that thing wondering yourself, how in the world did I allow myself to get caught up in that? How did that even happen to me? But it happened. That's why I've been saying on this podcast, I'm not here to judge any of us. All men are victims of falling victims to being caught up in something in an entanglement that we should have never been a part of. It can happen. But the thing about it is coming up out of that and being able to learn from that mistake. Because see, something ain't a mistake if you keep doing it over and over and over again. That's not a mistake. That's a choice. That's a decision that you have made to be that kind of man. But when you do something one time and you can honestly learn from that and benefit and, and strengthen yourself from that point, you're talking about a total difference. That's a man. That's not a boy. Boys make up excuses for their problems. They make up excuses for the things that they've done that they know is not correct. But men, we can own that thing. We can own it from the first time we make the mistake. We can have that conversation and we can move on. And your wife will move on because you're going to show her a different type of husband that she has now 
that she never had before. Or you can show her the different type of boyfriend that she has now that she never had before. And you can show her those promising things like making her your wife. I tell people this, and I'm going to get ready to wrap it up for you guys in a second, but I'm going to say this before I go. I'm going to tell you guys this. Any woman that's dating a man at, and you in your 30s and you've been with this dude for four, five, six years and he ain't talking about marrying you, he ain't your husband. Because let me tell you something about a man. You know your wife as soon as you meet her. You're going to know. I used to think people was crazy when they said that, but it's real. Majority of all my circle, everybody married. All of us, all majority, I say 85% of my friends is married at this point. A couple of them still single trying to figure that thing out, but at least they have other friends who married and know what it should look like and what it feel like. They get to see what true black love is. All of us, when we start talking, all of us knew, every woman all of us married to right now, if you talk to us individually, we would tell you, I knew I was going to marry her. I knew that I was my wife the day I seen her. I knew. So for a woman to be dating and dealing with a man that you done been with him five and six years, and he he came to he telling you he's still not sure, that ain't your husband. See, you're gonna miss your husband because you waiting on you wasting time with him who he know you ain't, he's not gonna marry you. You just a stopping point for him. But a man that know that you his wife, he's gonna marry you because you bring and you contribute in something to him that's totally different than he's ever experienced in his life. And I know. If you put yourself around, if you really a man that's talking about you ready to get married, you have to hang around married men because they can have a strong influence on you. But if you a single man talking about you want to be a married man, but all your friends single and you're not around nobody that's married, it's going to be very complicated to find that special person for yourself based on the fact that you are what you hang around. It's almost a thing like, you know how we talk. If your girl hang around with a girl, a bunch of group of girls who we identify, oh, that's not all them hoes. She hang with a bunch of hoes. Well, if you a dude and you hang around a bunch of single dudes and we, you running through everything that you can see, that's what you're going to attract. You're not going to attract that type of woman because you involving yourself in, in women who aren't ready to be nobody white. They just living. They just doing what's best for them in the moment. They trying to get their bills paid. They hair done. They trying to drive a nice car. So you, if you're dealing with those type of women, that's what you're going to continue to get. And you're looking for a wife. It's something that's never going to be a wife. She's going to be that. Not to say that those women can't develop, become something better. But if you're a real man and you're really ready to make that lifelong commitment, you cannot expect a woman that's in that lifestyle to switch just because you're ready and become a wife. It doesn't work like that. And I know it doesn't work like that because, like I say, when I majority of all my friends married, and when I look at all our wives, none of our wives did we ever refer to back in, in college and high school whenever we met them. They was never just hoes that we was messing around with. We, they, they were the girls who we knew, we respected. It was certain things we wasn't going to say in front of them. It was certain things we weren't going to do in front of them because we knew. But, the, but the, the girls we was just out there living with, you didn't care. You have no respect for them. You have no kind of influence on any of those individuals because you already know what it is. And one thing I can tell you about me and my group of friends, we are big on holding each other accountable. If you're hanging around people and you guys don't know how to hold each other accountable, they're not your friends. 
If your friends only going to tell you what you want to hear, those are not your friends. You need to find yourself a new group. Me and my boys, we hold each other accountable to the T. If I, I tell my boys all the time, me married. If I see you out there doing something, you got no business, I'm going to call you. I'm going to say, bro, listen here. I see what you're doing. I see how that girl, when she walked by, I see how you looked at her. I see how she made you. You got fluttery. Your eyes was all glittery. You were glowing. You had all that going on. Let me tell you something. Think to yourself, is it worth risking your whole house for a night? 99.9% of the time, I guarantee you, each one of us say, nah, bro, it's not worth it. So if you're with friends that would encourage you to get in an entanglement, don't make your friends, homeboy. Those are not your friends. If your friends making up excuses and lying and covering up for you, they'll be caught up in some foolishness that they know going to destroy your entire house. It ain't worth it. They're not your friends. That's somebody who want to see your whole house fall apart so that they can use that to justify why they not married. And they can also justify that to say to themselves, you know, son, man, I ain't never getting married. You know, look at cash over there. They act like they got a perfect marriage and look at their house. It's falling apart. People waiting to say that kind of stuff. So me and my friends, we hold each other accountable. We make sure that we keep each other on the right road not getting in another lane and we stay focused on what it is because this thing is really about, and I'm going to say being young, successful black couples. That's what we trying to do. We all want to have our lots and mansions built together so that we can all raise our kids, have successful children, have successful marriages, continue to be great friends to each other in our small circle and just continue to influence each other and hold each other accountable because honestly, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So I really, really hate leaving you guys at this point tonight, but I really want to take this opportunity to go ahead and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for just tuning in with me again for another week. I really want you guys to just go ahead and subscribe to my Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Make sure that you do that ASAP so that you continue to share with a friend and tell that friend to tell another friend and another friend. Um, I really want to continue to just build this community for us where we can always get this uncut and uncensored truth that you guys can continue to tune in with me on Lights, Camera, Cash, Action, where I'm just sharing this real and uncut truth in ways that you can be the successful director of your life.